people talk. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to start up the pre-roll and we'll get into it. All right, perfect. The Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to BetterFantasy.com backslash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com backslash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io backslash SGPN. That's SoBet.io backslash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hello and welcome into the Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me this evening is my co-host, Nick Olzak. Happy Thursday, sir. How are we doing? Doing good, doing good. Ready to talk some hockey. A lot of action happened last week, so ready to dive right into it and get you guys prepared for next week as well. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. We got some fun topics tonight. We're going to be going over some goalie dynasty battles, goalies that we prefer down the stretch of their careers, going with some head-to-head battles there. Uh, Some young, some a little bit more experienced. Looking forward to that. We'll definitely touch in on the fantasy waiver wire, which is always a must. We always need to be, you know, scanning waivers, seeing the the trending plays with low ownership percentages. Uh, but first, Nick, let's talk about uh, the highs and lows of our fantasy hockey teams across the past couple of weeks. How how we've been looking? Uh, my team's been on a high. Um, I had a one stretch where I lost a couple weeks in a row, or yeah, it was no two out of three weeks I lost. But ever since then, we've been picking it up, holding a solid ten and two record right now. Uh, made a couple moves, acquired uh, Brad Marchand. Um, nice. Yeah, I got Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and uh, Devon Tays recently. Also snagged Patrick Kane in a trade. So been very busy, but one of my big things I'm excited for is Tuka Rask, who's making his debut on the season tonight with the Boston Bruins after signing a recent deal with them after overgoing uh, – hip surgery, and he will be playing against the Flyers tonight. So I'm really excited for that, hoping he sees a lot of shots and ultimately ultimately takes home the win. I don't know how I've been asleep at the wheel here. You just mentioned those trades. I was like, wait a minute, I'm in that league. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at this now. You got Patrick Kane, Devin Taves, and Ch- uh, Chandler Stevenson for Dylan Larkin, Riley Smith, and Matt Roy. That is a steal and a half, sir. You got Matt Roy off the waivers. Or, mm-hmm. Is it Roy or Wah? I believe it's Roy. Because I know, okay, like, right. in some hockey terms, it's that, uh, you know, the Roy Waugh can get misinterpreted. But I believe right, right, right. Roy. But, but, back, um, ba- but back to this trade, my goodness, like, you, you kind of bent over Tom's top shelf here a little bit. Like, this is this is quite a bit of a return. I expect Kane to be a, you know, a big, um, you know, plus player in the second half of the season. You know, I, I feel like the Hawks are going to start playing uh, with some desperation mode. Devin Taves is solid. Chandler Stevenson, I, I feel like he's a point-per-game player, like, you know. He may, he may not be it. recently, but feels mm-hmm. like he is. 
And then I'm looking at this other one here. You got Rasmus Anderson, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and Jesse Pulajarvi for Dawson Mercer. Solid. Capri, uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who's on the IR, so not, not too bad there. Troy Terry and Kevin Shattenkirk, I, you know, I probably would have felt like holding those, but those, those are pretty solid returns, man. I, I like it. Um, mm-hmm. My experience has been as amazing. I'm five and seven, and I've dropped the past two weeks. Uh, last week, I scored, I think, the second or the third highest. The second highest, yeah, the mm-hmm. second highest in the league. And, of course, I played first place, who scored the most points. Uh, Brad Winters, who's 11 and one. I'm five and seven. And if you guys tuned in last week, you'll remember that I took a, a heartbreaking loss a week prior. So I'm winning this week. Things are looking a little bit better. Uh, Kucherov came back. You know, he's, he's been booming for me, uh, coming off a, a hat trick game. That was solid. Uh, plus three, had three goals in his last game, 32 fantasy points. So things are starting to turn around. Um, I offered actually a trade, Logan Couture and I believe Cam Atkinson for Aaron Ekblad. I have not gotten an answer yet. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So Yeah, probably not happening. Those defense Me and Nick, are our, our, our experiences are a little bit different, but uh, we're both hitting at a, at a pretty high rate. We're both like top three in the league in, uh, in total points. So I think it's going to wind up being me and him again in the finals, which is pretty normal in, in our uh, in our home league. Or just don't follow the eighth seed again. I got to play in the first round. Uh, right now, I am the sixth. No, I'm the seventh. Oh, wow, I'm the seventh seed. I have 4,300 points. That is... Wow, nine hundred more than the person in front of me. Uh, Seven hundred more than the person in front of them. Five hundred more than the person in fourth place. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm third in, in total points. And, you know that's where I'd like to be, but that person's eight and four, and I'm five and seven. So I got some um, some room to make up here for the rest of the season. But I'm confident I'll have a I'll have a strong run. It's pretty normal for me. It's just I always yeah. start in the basement and crawl back to the middle. So we'll see what happens. It's when football ends is what it is. I no that there is no way I've been that met may have been a theme from years past, but I have the most moves this season at 246. You're the next closest behind me at 228. I've been super active. I've been on my game. It's just that I keep running into people's best weeks. It's super frustrating, super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Luck of the let's draw. dive into let's mm-hmm. dive into some of our topics here. I want, don't want to get too held up here talking about the home league. Uh, first up, we're going over some goalie dynasty battles. So this head-to-head matchup, we've got Use Soros of the Nashville Predators going up against Jack Campbell of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Which way are you going here, Nick? Who's going to have the better um, career going forward? Who do you want to hold? That's a tough one. I'm going to honestly say UC Soros. He's younger. He's got more games under his belt. Jack Campbell just came in last year, put up a pretty solid run. But in terms of consistency and who's going to be holding that longer, I'm just going to say Soros. His sole purpose, he is younger. He is the future of that team, and we knew that when Pecorine exited the franchise. And so, yeah, I would hold him just for the sole purpose he'll be there a little bit longer. I would agree that he is probably the safer play based on age and his contract. He has four years left uh, with Nashville. But I honestly believe that Jack Campbell is going to, going to be a hot commodity this offseason. He's either going to stay with Toronto. You know, they're going to free up some cap space, and they're going to give him a fair offer, probably somewhere between – you know, five and six million, maybe four to five year deal, which I think would be very adequate for, you know, what he's been providing them. This is still a guy with what, you know, 27 games played this season, 18, five and three last season in 22 appearance appearances, excuse me, 17, three and two. Absolutely solid. Now he's been playing behind Frederick Anderson. So he's actually the guy that I prefer despite the extra four years of age. I feel like he's going to be in a very good situation. If he is not with Toronto next season, I expect him to be with a heavy contender like the Colorado Avalanche, the Edmonton Oilers. I expect him to go somewhere where they expect to win and for him to keep collecting stats. So while you Soros is a very solid piece between the two, 
Uh, he's been absolutely great. He, he had a strong finish last year, uh, top five in fantasy points. Same thing this season. I just don't know if I trust the Nashville Predators, you know, to stay above water as a club, you know, going forward. You know, they have a lot of experience on that team. You know, Matthew Shane, Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlin, Colton Sissons. I feel like this is a team that, you know, isn't getting younger, you know, by the day. And I feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs, if he is to stick around, you know, they're really set up for the next, you know, four to five years, more so than the Nashville Predators. But I agree it's very close. And there is a ton of upside for you, Soros, uh, because of his age. With that, I would say he's more of a sell candidate. You know, I feel like I could get a lot back from him, you know, after this offseason, you know, if I'm looking to rebuild or retool a dy dynasty team. Right, exactly. All right, next up, we've got Tristan Jari versus Thatcher Demko. Uh, Jari with the, the Penguins and Demko with the Vancouver Canucks. Who you got here, bud? I got Tristan Jari on this one. Um, had a rough start to the year, but he's really starting to turn his game around. Uh, playing like one of the best goalies in the league right now. And honestly, just keeping it short and simple with Demko, the Canucks just um not just hard playing in front of a team like that. They're still young, they're still rebuilding. So down the stretch in the future, I think uh, Jari's the way to go because they have a more established team in front of them. Sure, you got guys like Crosby and Malkin that are getting older, but then you have the emergence of guys like Kapanen, Evan Rodriguez, Marcus mm -hmm. Peterson on the back end, and yeah, I think that team still has a bright future despite um their main core getting older. And I think, uh, yeah, comparing to the Canucks, it's on paper, the Penguins are obviously a better team than the Canucks. And so, yeah, I'm sticking with Jari on this one. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Like, I just don't, I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't agree or believe, I should say, that the Vancouver Canucks are just going to build a you know good team around them. They're not going to put a good product on the ice. I feel like they're constantly wasting money. Guys like Elias Peterson, he hasn't played up to his contract, making $7.3 Uh Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, Connor Garland. Like, these are just you know, forgotten names in the NHL. Connor Garland's still young. He's, he's, he's 25 years old, but I don't feel like he's playing up to that contract. You know, guys like Tanner Pearson, Quinn Hughes is having a good year on, on defense. His future looks bright, but you know, I don't really know what their what team is going to look like going forward. And I feel like his stats are going to be contingent on some of the team's success. You know, he's a plus 10 this season, which is great because the last two seasons, he combines for a negative 34. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, Tyler Myers, like this is a lot of wasted money here. And I just don't trust them as an organization. So yeah, Tristan Jari all the way for me. Both of them are 26 years old. You know, Demko does have a five-year deal left. If Jari uh, was to leave the Penguins after uh, his contract runs up in two years, I would trust that he would be, you know, as hot a commodity, you know, to hit the open market and find himself on a, on a, on a good team, you know, somewhere where they're putting a good product on the ice and he has more of an opportunity to, you know, uh, pad the stats, you know, pad the production. So yeah, I agree. Jari all the way for me, but Demko, he's, he's got raw talent. Let's, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. You know, it's just a bad spot. It's, it's mm -hmm. not an ideal situation in Vancouver who I actually yeah. have on right now. I'm watching Tampa and Vancouver live. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see, we'll see what old boy does here in front of us. Watch him just put up a, a goose egg in front of uh, the Tampa Bay crowd. We'll see. <laughs> right. And no, and I think a guy like Demko too, like in the right setting, he would be a pretty solid goalie, especially cause he's yep. still young. And, mm -hmm. uh, he still has a lot of value. So if they moved him for some picks, maybe to a team like, I don't know, the Edmonton Oilers who are in deep goalie troubles and every goalie mm -hmm. swear this season is someone that the Oilers need to take a look at. Cause you look at their tandem of Mike Smith and Koskinen very right. inconsistent. The only way that team's pulling out wins is just the sole talent in front of them. They have a lot of raw talent guys like McDavid, dry Yamamoto is another one. Um, mm -hmm. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They got a lot of raw talent. 
And so that's what's almost overlooking their goaltending. But it's starting to become more obvious on a team like that that they need to fix that problem. And if a guy like Demko went over there, I think he'd be really successful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of teams he'd look great in. Um, the Capitals, the Panthers, Colorado, like I mentioned earlier, for potentially Campbell next season if he doesn't come back to the Maple Leafs. There's a lot of opportunities out there, and a lot of teams, you know, if they get like an, you know, not even an A1 goalie, just someone that can keep their head above water, you know, and, and play, uh, you know, productive hockey in net, they're going to be a solid or be in a solid situation, I'd say. All right. Next up, we've got Igor Shesterkin of the New York Rangers and Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. Who you got? This one's a really hard one because you have Shesterkin, a young goalie, uh, coming in after Henrik Lundqvist retired. And ever since he's come in, he's been very, very hot. Like his first year, put up a 10-2 record in 12 games. Now, even this season, he's 15-4 and with a 9.36. And a 9.36 in the NHL, pretty car- hard to come by, to say the least. And, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Nin- 93% save percentage, that's, that's absolutely nuts. Yeah, and then you look at it, and so there's a lot of upside for him, but then you look at Connor Hellebuck, who's also been very, very solid throughout his career and even going into this season. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I love the future of Shesterkin. I love the future of the New York Rangers team. Guys like Adam Fox, Mika Zipinijad, Capo Caco, Alexis Lafreniere. Like, you can go on with this team, how they're going to be very, very good going down the stretch. So I'm going to go Shesterkin just for the the reason that – the future is so bright in uh, New York, and I'm excited to see what happens with his career. Yeah, they have one of the better defensive cores as far as youth is concerned, uh, the, the Rangers. Uh, Jacob Truba, Ryan Lindgren, some guys you didn't mention. I'm, I'm a big Keandre Miller guy. I think that he's going to have an excellent career in the NHL. Um, you know, Still very, uh, very cap-friendly type of player. Do you think Georgiev is going to get in the way at all uh, of Shesterkin's production across the next maybe two years? He's uh, He's got his last year of his contract this year. He's making nearly $2.5 million. But I would think that they would bring him back. I feel like he's a solid uh, second uh, second goalie. Yeah, he's been a solid one-two punch for them. I actually had him in fantasy because Shesterkin was kind of on, on and off the COVID protocol. And when right. he stepped in, he played some pretty solid hockey. And if you can get a backup that's going to play solid hockey for you and not get in the starter's way, I like that. Better yet, he could be someone that could be on the trade market because he mm-hmm. is playing that high level of hockey. And so you might be able to get a lot of value out of him. Another situation like that is uh, back when Cam Talbot played for the New York Rangers a while back. Um, he was playing really well, raised his value. He got moved to Edmonton, I believe it was at the time, and then he bounced around the league until he found his home in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's uh, Georgiev is going to be a guy that uh, bounces around the league, but I think he's someone he finds the right destination if he doesn't stay in New York. There is a chance that he could be a starting goalie. But as of right now, I think he's uh, – doing his good job staying out of the way of Shesterkin while he does his business. And when he is called upon, he's been doing really well. Right on, right on. With with Hellebuck, he's having a down year, uh, down year, excuse me, 13, 10, and 4 with 27 games started. Not his normal clip. He has hit over 30 wins in three years of his career, and he's still pretty young. Like, he's 28 years old. It's just that this roster, the Winnipeg Jets, like, they don't do anything to really overwhelm their opponents. They're a very balanced team, but their offense, it's just not explosive. They're a defensive-minded team. You know, I like guys like Joshua Morrissey, Nate Schmidt, uh, Neil Pionk, Brendan Dillon. These these guys are solid. They're, they're, they're not bad hockey players, and, and they put a good product on the ice defensively, but this isn't a team that just scores in bunches. You know, this isn't a team that you can trust on offense, and I feel like, especially this year, it's holding him back. Even last year, he was 24-17-3. and three. Um, Years prior to that, he had three straight years of 30-plus wins. 
the team's kind of taken a little bit of a downturn. Um, so yeah, I, I just trust that situation again uh, with uh, Shesterkin in New York much, much more. That's a much um, you know friendlier team dynasty wise, a much younger core and a stronger as far as talent is concerned. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and uh, with that uh, Winnipeg Jets team, I mean, they have guys like Connor and Ehlers who are obviously going to produce. But you have mm -hmm. a lot of guys too, like uh, like Mark Shifley is a big name held to a very high standard over there, not right. necessarily producing the numbers you, uh, you'd really expect out of him. And I think one, yeah, one guy that you expect to do really well doesn't do well, then I think it's going to affect a lot in the organization. Look at right, uh, exactly. Chicago, for example. Look at a guy like John Taze. He had a oh. slow start, and we all uh, we know very well he had a slow start. And uh, no, it held the team back for a while, and now he's starting to score goals, and the team's on the upward spiral right now. Oh, absolutely! It's it's been a nice little turn for him. Hopefully, he keeps it up. But yeah, it was a rough start to the year. He, he had I don't remember how many games without a without a goal or without a point. He was super ice cold. It was it was bad. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on here, we've got uh, Jordan Bennington of the St. Louis Blues versus Carter Hart of the Flyers. Who you got, bud? Um, I, I'd i have to go Bennington. I, it's really, really hard on this one because Carter Hart still is a young goalie, but the Flyers mm -hmm. are just an inconsistent team. One minute, they look like playoff contenders, someone that can really get in the race for a cup, and then the next, they kind of fall off, and that's just been their trend every year. Not very consistent, but on St. Louis, on the other hand, you got a guy like Bennington, Got a solid team in front of him, solid product in St. Louis. And so I think just for that sole purpose, the team in front of him, he's going to be able to pull out some hockey games and get some fantasy points for you. Yeah, I 1,000% disagree. <laughs> I hate Jordan Bennington. Um, so Carter Hart's contract ends in three years. At that time, he'll be 26 years old. I, I think he'll be just fine. Like maybe it doesn't happen for him on, uh, on the Flyers, but I feel like selling Bennington – and especially in dynasty, you may not get back what you would have gotten, you know, a few years ago, but man, like his, his production, the past two seasons, it's just in the tank last year, 42 games uh, played 18, 14 and eight. That's a losing record this season, 11, seven and three, just barely above water on 21 starts. You know, you look at his goals against, it's just continuously going up across his career. The save percentage, it's continuously going down or staying very even. This St. Louis Blues team, correct me if I'm wrong here, but does they do they not look better than they were when they won the Stanley Cup? I mean, I think they're looking pretty solid right now. You bring in some additions like Brandon Saad, Buchnevich, have an emergence of a guy like Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo mm -hmm. stepped up. Like offensively and defensively, they do really well. So that's why I almost feel like that he could that could be all right because you got a good product in front of you and might uh offset a little bit of uh the poor play sure i just got to keep banging that charlie lindgren drum i want to i want to see him in net he looked he looked like uh you know a shesterkin from a couple of years ago you know like when, right. when you look at the production that he had i think if you look at the save percentage he might actually be ahead of shesterkin technically i mean mm -hmm. obviously it's only with a small sample but you know he came in and played lights out for the blues you know i like him i like valet Uso. i don't like jordan Bennington. carter hart <laughs> like we mentioned he's super young he's only 23 years old and yeah, the production hasn't been great, but he's also not on a good team. I don't expect him to finish his career with the Flyers. I feel like until then, you know, I can tread water, at least with goalies, you know, because you're going to be able to get, you know, some aging guys. You might be able to make a trade for like a Marc-Andre Fleury that's not going to hold much value for you for you in Dynasty, you know, after the next couple of seasons, if he even plays right. that. 
I do expect him to hit the market after this year, after playing in Chicago. I expect him to potentially go to, you know, a contender. Like I mentioned, like if, you know, Jack Campbell wants to move out of Toronto, you could see, you know, teams making, making similar offers uh, to Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, so that's the type of situation I'd want to be in. I, I don't like uh, Bennington's numbers. They're not trending in a good direction, while the rest of the team is trending in a positive direction. I feel like those, they just don't equate. So, yeah, big fade for me on Bennington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I that can won't see be the last time you guys from. hear that from me. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where you're coming from there. But one of the things that you pointed out that I thought was interesting was with uh, Charlie Lindgren and how he came in. He looks like a young Shesterkin. And I think mm-hmm. it's so interesting this year with uh, the COVID year and all, a lot of teams are having to bounce around goalies seeing all these new guys come in and uh, really do pretty well, to say the least, or at least get that NHL game experience. Like I remember I saw with the Blackhawks, like uh, Lankinen and Fleury were out. So they started Mm -hmm. this guy, Arvid Soderblom, who's like their AHL backup. And it's just, it's really interesting just seeing all these guys come in the league that you never see before. And who knows, maybe one of them actually uh, stays around, like Charlie Lindgren made a pretty uh, solid impression when he came in. I know uh, New Jersey tonight, they're uh, down on goalies. So I believe they mm-hmm. are starting John Gillies, one of their oh. AHL goalies. And I, so it's I not think his first start, though. Gillies, I, th- I feel like he's been called up already. Yeah, he's been called up, but he's not a guy you see that often. That's what I think that's interesting about it is how much sure. they've been changing up lately. Even uh, the Rangers, they were another team. I think they called up uh, Adam Huska was his name um, when Georgiev and Shesterkin were both out. And he started a game for them. And no, mm-hmm. I just think that's interesting seeing these. Yeah, they also have uh, the they also have Keith Kincaid there too uh, with the Rangers. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to our last one here. We've got John Gibson versus Andre Vasilevsky. This one doesn't feel like it should be this close on paper, but I feel like Vasilevsky and Tampa Bay they might be heading towards darker days. What do you think, Nick? I mean, I think it's possible. Everyone says you know they could do a three P. But I don't 100% agree. I think the salary cap is eventually going to catch up to them, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. um, I think Anaheim, you have a young team there, a lot of talent. Sonny Milano, Trevor Zegras, Troy Terry, Hampus Lindholm. You could go on for a while with the Anaheim team. And they're mm-hmm. just going up and up and up right now. When a team like Tampa, I mean, they're getting older and older and older. Like uh, Steven Stamkos, not getting much younger. Kalorn, not getting much younger. Palat, not getting much younger. These guys are only going to get older, and the team's going to start to go uh, downward. So, yeah, um, just for the sole purpose of that, and in Dynasty, I would take Gibson because I really do like Anaheim's future. I think they have a bright future. I think they have an opportunity to make a deep playoff run again like they did, I believe, five or six years ago. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, give me Gibson on this one. Yeah, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm exactly on the same page here. With me, it's the, the salary cap. When you look at Vasilevsky, got 9.5 million dollar salary he holds up 11.7 uh, uh cap percentage for the team that's the same amount as needed nikita kucherov and at some point one of these stars is not going to be hurt and they're not going to be able to take that money off the books and they're going to have some tough decisions to make uh guys like you had mentioned victor hedman ryan mcdonough you know they're 31 32 years old i don't see them playing out their full contracts so maybe that would help if that if that money came off the books but what does that leave you after that? You know, do you trust uh, Mikhail Sergachev? Do you trust Eric Cernak? Do you trust, I mean, like, I don't b- believe Jan Ruder is still going to be there, but, you know, you have to expect that they're going to retool. Are you going to trust this team to do exactly that? Because they've just been bringing guys in on these friendly contracts that are playing above the money that they're making. Uh, guys like Ross Colton, um, Corey Perry, Patrick Maroon, like, 
they're getting plenty of uh, production out of that bottom part of their lineup, especially when they're missing guys like uh, like Kucherov. Like, you know, he he was out for uh, a, a fair amount of time this year. Like you mentioned, Stomkos getting older, and I feel like Vasilevsky might be in a situation where he gets dealt to somewhere he doesn't need to be. Nine point five million is a ton of money to pay someone who only plays half of the season. Last season, he played 42 games. The season before that, he played 52, 53 games, and you're taking up 11.7% of your cap. Eventually, this is going to come back to bite you. Like you had said, with uh, with Anaheim, they're a surging team right now. They're actually second in their division in the Pacific, right behind Vegas. They're young. They have upside on offense. They have upside on defense. All those players that you mentioned. So with that, I'm going with John Gibson. He's only a year older than Vasilevsky, and I feel like the Ducks, who are going to have a little bit more cap, you know, Gibson only at 6.4 million just gives them more options to keep this uh, roster upgraded, whether they're uh, insurging it with or in, uh, sorry, boosting it with youth or just signing veterans. Like, I feel like they're going to be solid for the next couple of years. So I, I actually feel pretty confident with that. If you're a Vasilevsky owner, I would be in sell mode come this offseason because I just don't know how much longer, you know, he's going to be a top five guy in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, he'll. He'll still be good, but I think, yeah, he probably won't finish out his career in Tampa, I don't think. If they're not putting up a, a winning record, I think he's going to be one of the first guys to go. Just because you look at all the other goalies in the league, like I think the only other guys that are making close to him was Carey Price last year, now uh, mm-hmm. Sergei Bobrovsky. And, um, yeah, you can see the cap trouble Florida's in, um, holding Bobrovsky's $10.5 million contract. And so I think, yeah, you he might get uh, – Move to a team like you say he doesn't want to go to because a lot of teams are going to struggle to afford a goalie at $9.5 million. Usually, you see those goalies going between like four and seven. Anything above mm-hmm. seven is just kind of overkill. So, yeah, I do not see him uh, finishing his career there. But um, I think in the meantime, probably this year he'll do well. Next year, he'll probably have a fair year. But coming up in the next few years, um, I think he's going to start to uh, down have a downward spiral in his career. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's jump over to our fantasy waiver wire discussion. But before we do, let's hit a quick word from the sponsors. Okay, and we're back. Jumping into some fantasy waiver wire, we're looking at trending players with low ownership rates. We're looking first at Brady Shea of the Carolina Hurricanes. A defenseman, only 25% rostered, plus 13% in the last day. He has back-to-back-to-back games with uh, consecutive goals. So the last two games he's had uh, at least one goal, and three games ago he had two. Very solid. Also, two games ago he had uh, two assists, so a three-point game. Uh, 8.6, 19 points, 27.3 his last three games. It's been solid, Nick. Are you buying? Um, yeah, I'm buying. Um, his numbers obviously are there for him. He's shooting the puck a lot, getting the ice time, playing about 20 to 22 minutes a game. But if you, I think if you're going to get this guy, you got to get him fast because uh, his own percentage is up 13% uh, percent in the last day. So people are starting to catch on to Brady Shea and his uh, productive play. So I think I would buy. And you'd have to buy him right now. He's not someone that you would wait on, you know, mm-hmm. feel him out a little longer. I think you got to take a chance to get on him right now while he's still hot. Are you going to hold him? I guess that's the question. I mean, I, I feel like the production speaks for itself. I mean, if you're looking for a defenseman, you got some guys on the night off. I mean, there's a lot of games on tonight, so he may still be on your waiver wire because of that. You may already have a full, uh, uh, full roster. You didn't need to add anybody. Was th- would this be a hold candidate for you season long? Season long, no. I think uh, I don't think his production is going to last the whole season. I think he's one of those guys that's going to come in spurts, and mm-hmm. he's going to do really well from time to time. 
But yeah, I would just hold him until uh, you start to see a decline in his numbers. But as of right now, I would get him, and I'd get him right now. Yeah, he's playing on that first pair uh, with Tony D'Angelo, so I mean, I feel like there's some upside there. Uh, I feel like right now he's he's a hold until he gives you a big reason not to. I mean, if this um, if this scoring pace keeps up, I don't think anyone's gonna be dropping many times soon. So right, right. All right, next up, we've got Matt Grizzlick of the Boston Bruins. He's on a tear, only 34% rostered, plus 16 across the last day, and you'll you'll know why in a second. Uh, his last game, he had one assist. The game before that, five points as a defenseman with only 17 minutes played. He had a goal and four assists and a win over the Capitals. That was a 7-3 victory for the Bruins, a spanking. I was watching that game, and at one point, that game had more points than a national championship for uh, for college football. It was it was hilarious. Uh, the game before that, you know, no production really had two point eight fantasy points, just a couple of shots on net and a block. Uh, but again, the games before that, an assist had a couple of games uh, of a break without a point and an assist before that. I feel like this is more of a trendy play, Nick. But it seems like everyone's all over him right now. Is this someone that you'll uh, you'll pick up and hold? Yeah, I would pick up and hold him uh, right now. He is playing top four minutes. But one of the things I would like to point out is he did mm-hmm. just enter the COVID-19 protocol today. Yarr. So we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out for, which is really unfortunate for him and uh, any Grizzly holders because you see like 31 points. That's unheard of out of a defenseman in fantasy hockey. Then 14 mm-hmm. points a game after that. Like it's unfortunate as soon as he gets this electric play that he's got to hit the protocol. But I think he does, <coughs> he does pick this up <laughs> after he gets off the protocol. And I think that... Uh, yeah, he will do really well, and he will uh, be a hold candidate for sure until he gives you a reason not to. All right, sounds good. Looks like uh, Vancouver just got on the board. They were trailing one nothing, just buried one on uh, on Vasilevsky. Uh, Highmore got the goal. Nice. Well, right on. All right, next up we've got uh, Oliver Shillington of the Calgary Flames. I said his name right, baby. That's right. No <laughs> Killington. Shillington, baby. Uh, he's playing pretty solid. I mean, the last game he didn't record um, a goal or an assist, but he still had 10 fantasy points. He's getting the puck on net, a lot of shots. Uh, his last uh, four games, six, two, six, two shots on net, mixing in the blocks, one, zero, two, and one his last four games. And he's mixing in some points. Uh, you know, last game he didn't have any goals or assists, but uh, in four straight games prior to that, he recorded at least a goal or an, a goal or an assist. I uh, like what the Flames are working with over there. He's only 20% rostered. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you just hold, he's another guy, you hold him until he gives you a reason not to, I was holding him for a while in fantasy and then he gave me the reason not to. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's just a guy I think would be a solid ad drop candidate for your team. Um, he's, is putting up good numbers right now on a solid Calgary flames team. He is also getting a decent amount of ice time over there playing on the second D pair with Chris Tanev and Mm -hmm. as well as the second power play with Noah Hannafin. So, I mean, yeah, if he's, uh, giving you a reason to hold him and he's putting up the numbers and yeah, I'd hold him. And then if once he starts to drop off, I would drop him because he's going to pick it back up and he's going to be on that waiver wire. So yeah, I would just get him for the time being, but not long-term. All right. Sounds good. I can agree with that. I've, I've also had him and dropped him, you know, just kind of back and forth with him off on and off waiver. So I feel mm-hmm. that. Yeah. He's kind of gotten <clears throat> passed around the league a little bit. Right. Right. Uh, next up, we have Trevor Moore of the Los Angeles Kings, only 3% rostered, digging deep here, plus 2% across the last day. At one point, he was at 1%. I mean, he's been on a nice little clip here. The last game, two assists. Game before that, a goal. Uh, three games ago, didn't really have anything. Game before that, a goal and three assists. 
I mean, he's, he's trending in the right direction here. And really what I like is, again, the shots on net. Uh, the last four games, five, four, two, and four, he's blocking shots. He plays on the second line uh, with Deneau and Victor Arvidsson. I feel like the Kings have been a scrappy team this season. You never really know when they're going to go off. They're uh, third in their uh, division, 13 and or 18, 13, and five, excuse me. Uh, I feel like this guy could be a hold candidate if he keeps this up. Yeah, I think he could be a hold candidate too. He reminds me a lot of Troy Terry when he first started going off. Um, mm-hmm. I picked up Troy Terry when he was 4% owned in fantasy. And uh-huh. look what that turned into. So who knows? He could be a hold candidate. I would like to see his ice time go up a little bit. Some of these games mm-hmm. he's only playing uh, 14 minutes, lo- uh, low 15. I'd like to see him get a couple more minutes of ice time. But yeah, he reminds me a lot of a guy like Troy Terry who can just produce and he's going to do it for a long time. So, yeah, I like Trevor Moore. And, yeah, the Los Angeles Kings also trending in an upward direction. I was looking at uh, some power rankings today, and I saw Kings are ranked at uh, number 16. So they're a team that's looking at the postseason possibly, um, Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, he'll be a big contributor to that. So, uh, yeah, I would hold him long term. He actually did just earn his um, his way onto the second power play unit, but it's not really a unit they use a lot. Um, the first unit, they have Adrian Kempe, Kopitar, Victor Arvinson, and they also put Ayafalo at the point, and they're running a lot of options, just cycling um, everything from the you know top of the circles downward. That second unit doesn't really get out there a lot, and I feel like that's why those minutes are a little bit lower. Uh, when I've watched them play, they stick those guys out there for like two-thirds of the power play, that, that first group. So mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. Next guy up we have is Anton Lundell of the Florida Panthers, only 10% rostered, plus 1% across the last day. I mean, the production's been there. His last game, he had two assists. Game before that, he had eight fantasy points, but no goals or assists. Was a plus two, two shots on goal, getting those blocks, had three. I mean, the points have been there uh, fantasy-wise. 11, 8.8, 9, 9, 8.8, 15.8, 8.7. That's across his last, what, three, uh, six, seven games. He's been solid. Uh, this is a third-line center for the Florida Panthers. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, he's just a guy that can get some really good depth scoring playing on that third line, like you said, with Maxime Mammon and mm-hmm. uh, Frank Vetrano. He's been doing mm-hmm. really well, and I know he started out the year on the fourth line, bumped his way up, getting a lot more ice time, a lot more responsibility. So, yeah, I think that's someone you hold for now because it's going to be someone they go to as a depth scorer. He is also getting a lot of those minutes on the second power play, playing with uh, Sam Bennett and Patrick Hornquist. So, yeah, I think he could be someone that you hold long-term if the production's there. But, mm-hmm. uh, however, being a third-line guy, there's a possibility that the production can drop off pretty quick. So I would say uh, hold him until he gives you a reason not to and uh, just kind of go from there because, yeah, he's hot right now. Um, mm-hmm. That third line's been buzzing, to say the least, as of late. And so, yeah, I would just stick with him until uh, he starts to drop off. Well, across that same stretch of games that I listed, they've only lost one game. So it seems like his offense is really making an an impact, uh, not just in the box score, but in the win total or win column as well. Um, So I'm really satisfied with what I see. I'm going to hold him until, um, well, like we say, until until he gives us a reason not to, until we see someone else like this really spark or go off or COVID or injuries, whatever it is. But I think he's going to be a strong hold candidate. Like you said, he's been earning more time, started off in the fourth line. Um, you know, those guys have a scrappy mindset, you know, just got to go out there and leave it all on the ice. Uh, I like this guy. He's, he's solid. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep him on, uh, keep him on my roster for a bit. Hopefully it pays off. I've been holding Trevor Zegers. That hasn't been paying off. So hopefully that (laughs) turns around soon. All right. Lastly, we have uh, Nico uh, Heischer of the New Jersey Devils. He's only 26% rostered. He's a first line center. Uh, Had a goal in his last game. Uh, The game before that, nothing amazing. Had three shots on that and a block. 
Uh, game before that, though, two goals. Game before that, a goal. I mean, he's he's filling the box score here. He's getting the pucks to the net. He's a first-line center. He's just not on a very good team. I know that we talk about the Devils quite a bit. Um, I know that they have guys kind of on the COVID list, off the COVID list. I know Sharon Govich got on there. I think Jesper Pratt got on there. Those guys were hitting at high marks before they went they went down with COVID. And I don't know. I just feel like they've been an unhealthy team all year. Uh, he sure he's been in the lineup more consistently recently, playing a lot of minutes. I, I think this guy's a must own. Yeah, I think he's a must own too, especially in Dynasty because he oh, is yeah. a young center and they have a young team around him. Guys like Jimmy VC, Igor Sharon Govich, Andres Janssen, mm-hmm. Dawson Mercer, Jesper Boquist, Jack Hughes, Zaka. Jack Hughes. Like you could go on all day on that offense and just there's so many options there that they could go with. And then, um, yeah, they are missing a guy like Jesper Bratt on the COVID-19 protocol, but mm-hmm. um, no, I think he has a bright future there and I think his production um, is going to continue to grow up. And yeah, just the sole purpose that he's a first line center available with like such a low own rate and fancy also playing on the first power play unit. So I believe that, yeah, he is a must own, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a crime not to own him. Full disclosure, tonight I did take a over two and a half shots on goal for Nico Hersher uh, prop. They're going up against the Islanders. They had a, a postponed game on the 10th, so I'm hoping that his, uh, his streak continues. In his last four games, he's hit that number. He's hit three, three, four, and four shots on goal in his last four games. So let's bring that home. All right, let's see where we're at here. Uh, we are going to go into one more segment. We are going to do some. It's not who wants to be a millionaire necessarily. Nick can make up to uh, upwards up to sixty four dollars. We'll see what he does with some uh, fantasy hockey trivia. Uh, but before we hit that segment, let's jump to the sponsors just really quickly. All right, welcome to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or Who Wants to Make sixty four Bucks. Mm-hmm. Nick is going to go through some trivia questions here. He's got a big brain on him. He's a he's a fantasy hockey aficionado. This is like this is what he does all day every day. He coaches hockey, plays men's league. This is this is his shtick. So let's see how he does here. Uh, we're starting off with two dollars uh, each question. The that he advances on the value will double, so he'll be able to earn even more. All right, Nick. First question: Which goalie has the most wins this season? Connor Hellebuck, Cam Talbot, Miko Koskinen. Um, going with Cam Talbot here. Miko Koskinen has twelve wins. Connor Hellebuck has 13, and Cam Talbot has 15. Cam Talbot is the correct answer. Well done. He has earned $2. Mm-hmm. $4 question. Nick can earn up to 6 bucks here. What goalie leads the NHL in shutouts? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, um, give me... And I'm just going to throw Vasilevsky out there. Ah, on the <laughs> end runs. Markstrom, Jacob Markstrom of the Calgary oh. Flames. He, he has five. My guy, Jack Campbell, he has four. <laughs> That's tough. You want to throw You want to throw one at me before we head um, out here? Throw one at you? Yeah, go ahead. What All do right, you got? Let, me, let me think of something. All right. Um, who has more fantasy points this year? Um, let's see. Um, Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marchand? You traded for Brad Marchand. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you would trade for him if he wasn't hitting at a high rate. On I have team. both of those guys on my team. Yeah, but there's a reason why you wanted Marchand. Is that your answer? Yeah, well, let's, let's go, Brad. All right, this year. 
Uh, Brad Marchand or Patrice Bergeron has 11 goals, 17 assists for 28 points. And Brad Marchand has 19 goals and 20 assists for 39 points. And it did help because he did put up a hat trick last night. So I did love that in fantasy. <laughs> so which one had more? I didn't I didn't run that. Sorry, my head. Oh, Marchand. Okay, got it. All right. Uh, I'll throw you one more for fun. Who had more fantasy points this season? Fantasy points, Adam Fox or Victor Hedman? We'll close it with that. Adam Fox. Is Victor Hedman. He has a 10-point uh, fantasy point uh, lead on him, 352 Ooh, to 342. That's close to call there. Yeah, we'll we'll bring this we'll bring this segment back for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go on a little bit of a deeper run. But Nick Nick did make himself two dollars, so we'll oh. bank we'll, we'll bank that. You know, putting that mm-hmm. in the, the old savings account. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be heading out here. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, Justin Bruni at t i t t h j b. If you guys ever have any questions, whether it's related to sit starts, grading trades, looking at dynasty options, just reach out to me anytime. Always ready to you know talk some shop. Uh, you know, if you want us to grade some of your trades on our show or any other content you like to share with us that we can share with our uh, our audience, we're always here for you. Nick, do you have anything to share before we head out? Uh, no. Uh, don't screw up your dynasty league, and good luck the rest of the week. Yep. Take care, everybody. Be well. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.